Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to a bonus episode of the NRL Show. I'm your host, Lainey. In this special episode, the panel discusses the controversial hip drop tackle, which has been highly discussed by the sporting media, coaches, players, fans, and pundits. Not only the NRL, but the heads and coaches in the NFL have been discussing their version of the hip drop, the horse collar, which has been said to end careers. NRL clubs and players have perhaps been reanalyzing their tackling drills and techniques to prevent penalties, simbins, facing the judiciary, with probable suspension and most importantly to prevent hurting other players. Player welfare is a high priority for the NRL and clubs, and for many players, rugby league is their livelihood. They spend hours off-field training and running drills to be strong, agile and athletic to stay competitive and top form and have peak performance. A tackle can undo a lot of that hard work. Each of us on the panel have varied backgrounds and experiences and have some input to this discussion. Panelists Gabby and Emma hold qualifications in sports science. Emma is also a rugby union coach and past rugby sevens player. Lachlan is a rugby league and touch football player in regular training and competition. And in my early years of sport, I undertook and competed in Olympic style wrestling and for some years touch rugby league. We share our thoughts on the hip drop tackle, how it has crept into the game, its evolution, and options the NRL could consider to improve the game and player experience. We hope you enjoy the show. I know they've been talking about it for a few rounds now. I know last year they were talking about it. And the NRL, they all seem to be united and trying to wipe it from the competition because they see it as being quite dangerous and causing all these injuries. But I I am not sure whether they are quite certain of the definition of a hip drop because we have seen different calls from officials um, about what is a hip drop um, tackle and who gets in and what the penalty is. Like, there's still just some uncertainty. Um, Gabby, I know you circulated uh, the how to read a hip drop tackle um, bit of research for us what the actual key points are to look for in order to recognise what a hip drop tackle is that the NRL are using. The reason why I shared that was just because there is so much grey area. Like seeing the evolution of the grapple tackle, the chicken wing and all of those other things and the crusher and this is just the the villain of this era, I suppose. I know there's the argument that, like, is there the intent and then there's the argument that these injuries could happen from a very legal tackle. Like mm-hmm. the lower half of the defender's body has to be like the full weight has to be on the ball carrier's legs because there's the other argument that the top half of a defender's body could still be in that same position on the ball carrier's legs and down them and injure them, but that's not, quote, unquote, a hip drop. So I don't know, that's where the blurred lines are when it comes to what's a penalty, what's a sin bin, what's a fine, what's mm. a suspension. It's I guess that's why it's so controversial. And even after that video watching that, I still didn't, it's not convincing. I used to do wrestling when I was younger for a few years and that um, grappling judo move that they use in the hip drop tackle is very similar to what I had to do when I was younger because I'm a lot smaller than a lot of my opponents. So I was one of these people that I'm short 
but I'm heavy, <laughs> but I look small, if you know what I mean. And a lot of my opponents were a lot taller and bulkier, and we were always in the same weight division. So, I mean, that hip drop tackle, you know, technique is actually familiar to me because that's how I used to try and get my opponents down. And I remember seeing it actually in the comp and wondering, oh, this is this is weird. No longer just like scoop the legs and do all that. It's it's now much more. I think um, it's actually like what you're saying. That's when you're smaller and maybe not as strong, or whatever. You need to be able to throw your weight around in a bit. And I think that's all they're trying to do. I don't think they're specifically trying to do a hurt. hip drop or like hurt someone. I think they're just like not able to get them down, and they're trying all they can. And most of the time, it's when a second person's come in, so someone's holding them the wrong way, and the other person's just trying to get them down they're not able to and that's when it kind of happens because they're just throwing their weight around doing whatever they can and that's unfortunately what happened but I don't think they're specifically trying to do it. I think I agree it's kind of like a there's definitely no intent to harm players know in defense they know how to use their weight to to make tackles it's it's their job. Is it that the like something that a smaller player adopts is sort of like a last resort do you think? I think well, they don't always have to be the smaller player, but I feel like it's when you first make that initial contact and they don't go down like you thought they would, you have to sort of, you know that you can throw your weight around in a different way and that they will. Like this actually happened to me. This is how I tore my ACL. So even though it looks to us like it's when you're watching it that it's the one movement and it happens really, really fast, but it still feels like, oh, you have to change how you are and that's why they swivel their hips. But you also usually if it is the smaller player, they're probably not going to do as much damage as as if they were a big, like this girl had to be like 20, 30 kilos on me, but I didn't move the way she thought I was going to. And then the second player comes around as well anyway. So, And I think it's something that smaller players had used quite effectively to shut down bigger players and tackles. And I think bigger players are like, well, this is what I've got to do if I'm going to start being effective on bigger guys that don't realise just how much bigger they are than a lot of the players. So. At what point does it become, does intent come into it? Because I look at it as though, like, yes, accidents happen and we have seen, like, the accidental hip drop occur, but there are some where I feel like because the game is so fast-paced and the defender's trying to get the ball carrier down at such a quick speed, are they doing it? because of the speed or are they doing it to cause injury? Like I know no one and everyone is saying they're not there to cause injury, but is there a way of doing it without injuring someone? So one of the things that my coach used to say is, you know, with that particular move, you actually can feel when it's about to happen. You can feel when your opponent's actually going to do that to you. So you are already conditioned on how to fall safely. Um, And, you know, when you are in that position, um, you know, you, you do remove your legs out. Um, you're never really uh, putting that hold on someone to hurt them at all. It's really just to subdue your opponent. But you're not trying to break their legs. You're not trying to roll on. But your opponent is also familiar with this move that they know how to fall safely to not put themselves in a position where, you know, they can't recover uh, from it and, and flip. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, like I did wrestling, God, so many years ago. Um, you know, you still remember those things. I mean, I guess in 
rugby league, you've got two forces coming at each other at, you know, such velocity and and the impact. And like they said, I think, um, during one of the media uh, press conferences afterwards that I think the comment was, well, we don't actually train we don't we don't do this training for hip drop tackles, um, you know, with the side. So it's hard to believe that it's even out there. But I mean, I guess the converse side to that is, are they preparing and training their players of how to get out of a hip drop tackle um, think, safely? Yeah, that's the key. Like as you said, you learn how to let fall safely, and most of the time when you're growing up playing regularly, you should be learning to play to how to fall safely in any tackle, but. I think the where the problem comes in is if there's a second person and you can't fall in a safe way because you're being held there already and yeah. you're you're pinned in no matter what, even if you know how to fall to fall properly, you can't if if you're in two. That two third player coming in and yeah. jumping in when there's like two already in the tackle catches them off guard and when you're running at such speed, you are. There's no way to prepare. Yeah. And then that's why you can have it happen and it do actually no damage because you've being able to flick your feet out or whatever, it's just kind of naturally happens. Can it be done though? Like I was watching today, like how the hips actually swivel and the defender's body weight lands on the ball carrier's legs. Can it be done that they swivel the opposite way and use gravity to pull them down rather than landing on their legs? I, I just wonder how much thought is going into these tackles. Like, Yeah, that's where my argument is. Like when it comes down to intent, like are they, what are they going for? Because I, I feel like when I play rugby league, you can do as much as um, as much theory as you want in training about how to tackle someone. And it all helps, right? It's muscle memory. But in the end, when you just, you're just trying to get them to the ground and that's not a good thing that can lead to injury. It's an interesting point about like, a safer method of a hip drop is that kind of where you're coming from yeah yeah I'm I'm just not sure I feel like in the heat of that moment like I don't know how much players are going to consciously go oh let's let's take our opposition to the ground safely even though there is that duty of care that uh the NRL keeps bringing up yeah I just feel like the the landing on the player's legs it's almost like the I don't know lazy way out is the correct term but it's just downing them so quickly. And it's, like you said, Lachlan, how much thought's actually going into a tackle. And they're so quick. You watch them at full speed. And that's why I said, is it has it evolved and it's been introduced because the game's so quick and we're trying to get these tackles as quick as possible. It's only sort of been recent, like 2020, I think. It's obviously evolved, but now we're hearing so much about it all of a sudden. Like, why is it? Like right now, like it's all like we're honing in on the hip drop. For a while, there, I mean, I can't remember. Is it Alex, um, the Newcastle player? McDonald. Yeah, and and I remember after that happened, like there was this huge, I guess you could say, uh, review that went through everyone's tapping techniques. Um, and, you know, you heard from both sides where people were saying, you know, there was nothing wrong with the tackle. It was the technique. There were so many differing opinions. I think people are just in fear of, us going back into that again and the NRL are trying to be proactive and get on the front foot at the moment. If it even looks like a hip drop or if it smells like a hip drop, then they're out of here. Um, We just can't be endorsing that this is an okay move in the game. I remember there was talks 20 years ago or so now when um, it was actually, I think Melbourne Storm had hired, they hired John Donoghue um, and he's jiu-jitsu, he's judo and wrestling and he was 
actually showing the Melbourne Storm team how to, you know, initiate these tackles in a way in which they were able to slow the play down and sort of prevent the offload pass and just using what they could with um, some of the techniques um, that you can um, have in fighting to do that. And, And I wonder whether that method, which is what I used in wrestling, has sort of made its way in through as early as that and others have sort of watched and then it's sort of evolved into much more and that's where it is but I mean it's been around for a while I remember seeing something in which Cameron Smith was saying you can't say it was the Melbourne Storm that you know brought this hip drop tackle around but because it wasn't them they just happened to have someone on record at the time but I know other clubs were doing that and getting you know specialists like this and to help sort of sharpen up their defense well their technique to um to get that advantage but yeah, it's it's definitely evolved. The guys are bigger. The guys are much stronger and much heavier. So when they do initiate the move, they're, they're probably causing a lot more damage than they uh, realise. And they've probably been doing it since high school, you know, when they were coming through the pathways and it's been effective for them. So Maybe there needs to be rules about when multiple people are in a tackle that it's actually not jump on them and it's maybe just hold them hold them up or if if it's not a one-on-one tackle like it has to be a different rule or something like but then it's like where do you stop like you just keep adding more and more and the game keeps changing but maybe for things like this when it's most likely going to happen from two people in a tackle that actually you do need to be holding them there for longer and it's more of a ref calls yep like held rather than actually trying to get them down because you don't see them most of the time yeah it's come they're coming in fast but they're swinging around because they didn't get them down in that first second then it's not like it's happened all at once. It's like, oh, they didn't go down. What are we going to do? Swing them around. And that's what's, that's when it happens. It's usually, not all the time, but usually it's it's like a second movement. Maybe that needs to be something that's addressed if there's more than one person. It's actually not your job to get them on the ground anymore. That, that sounds a bit like what you are just saying there, like what you'd call a, a sling tackle in Aussie rules that can be penalised. It's definitely legal in rugby league. But yeah, it's a good point about changing changing laws. Obviously, the game changes over time. Just don't tell Phil Good that. I don't think he'd like those discussions. But I guess those are the things that need to be talked about in NRL boardrooms over the coming years. Actually, Gus saying like last year, I remember him saying that it's actually that third person's fault anyway. There were comments from Anthony Griffin remarking that the competition doesn't quite know how to define what the hip drop is. And Cameron Serraldo, he didn't actually want to give his thoughts after one of his players was sinned for it. I think Jason Demetrio calling it lazy, um, like you said, Gabby. And I think Maddie Johns uh, calls it insidious. So when enough media personalities or sporting personalities talk about it, rules end up changing eventually. Hopefully that's not just it, um, that they'll be looking at a lot of the player um, like player welfare aspects of it. So they asked Luke Carey from the Roosters, they said, oh, can you describe for us what a hip drop tackle was? And he he actually said, no, I don't know what it is. So, I mean, he doesn't even know what he has to look for as a player in order to make sure he's not doing it. So it's a bit of education and other things to happen, I think, still. I remember hearing an interview just going off the back of them saying that it's not practised. If it was I think I don't know if it was Cameron Seraldo said it or someone said it saying that it's definitely not practiced at training because if you did it to your teammate at training, they'd be blowing up. It's coming from somewhere. It's got a, it's, yeah, I just want to, I want to know where it's coming from. <laughs> I'm sure it's yeah. not practiced that training purposefully, but I feel like 
it's can possibly still happen at training is it practice to make sure you're specifically not doing it because if you don't even know what it is then how are you avoiding it and it's probably going to happen but let's be honest that training it's no matter how hard you try to play full on you never do because you know you don't want to hurt your your teammate so the same thing could be happening but they're actually not ending up landing on their legs and and hurting them Lachlan you're not doing hip drop tackles at training are you or uh, when you're playing no we're not but you see in other aspects of it like you're not trying to injure your opponent but you're always trying to make them uncomfortable you're always uh, trying to get in their head and make them not want to take the next hit up and that's just the nature of rugby league but I think we've just got to separate the hip drop tackle from that mentality and put it as a separate thing as like a no-go zone because it's causing way too much hurt yeah maybe it's something that needs to be coached out of the game maybe maybe it's an issue for the coaches because if the players don't even know what it is then they're costing their team by enacting these tackles so maybe coaches need to address this as something that is hurting their side giving away penalties giving away sin bins and just eradicate it that way all it really boils down to for me what's important to me in this issue is that referees are consistent with the calls that they make and that injuries are minimized as much as possible I think that's what the NRL really want to focus on as well because injuries really hurt not only their brand but also their players it's really important that players kind of learn to move away from this kind of tackle because it is causing injury and referees are seeing it as a a way of sim bidding players and sending players off and that's also impacting games as well so I think over the next few years we'll see the hip drop tackle fade out and that's what I certainly hope happens. So is there some sort of discernible difference now um, between a simbin and a penalty for a hip drop tackle? We've seen very different approaches from different referees as to what sort of calls they're giving, and sometimes it depends on the severity of the tackle. Yeah, that's the hard thing because then it's like if they're not injured, then why are they getting penalised or whatever? But then sometimes it's like, well, Maybe they are heaps injured and the actual, the rule says, oh, they only need this much out and you've actually ruined their whole career possibly. So like what's six weeks on the sideline going to do for you when that person doesn't get to come back? But like how do you define that if you're only going for technique? It's really... Rather than consequences to the player. Yeah, yeah. so you could, I don't know, it's really hard because the either way, no matter how good you do it, the fans are still going to be looking like, oh, it wasn't even that bad mm. or it was really bad, like... Either way, you can't really win. I think that links into what we saw with Jordan Rapner, what the actual event was versus the consequence of that. I read an article from Hayes Dunster, who's just come back from his injury due to a hip drop last year, and he said there needs to be stronger penalties. There's players that are potentially ruling out their seasons, but the defender that did the hip drop tackle are playing in the semifinals. Maybe, maybe not, but... You're exactly right, Lachlan. It's similar just because it wasn't a hip drop. It's exactly the same. Like Hayes, that's from his personal experience. It's all good and well for people like Luke Keery to say, no, we don't really know what a hip drop is. But I bet the players that have had it done to them definitely know what it is and would definitely call for more action because, like you said, Em, it's potentially career ruining. Yeah, it's often like the referee looks at the severity of the injury or the response of the player on the end of the tackle that they realise, oh, this should be a penalty. Or I don't quite know, let's go up to the bunker to make a decision. And I'm not, I'm not even sure the bunker even knows 
quite how to rule it. And I think just for safety's sake, it's like, okay, let's just say it is and treat it like we would a high tackle or something and just covering themselves. Yeah, and that's the other problem when we start talking about consistency and whether it's the bunker or the refs and no matter what it is, it has to be the same. But I don't care how good the ref is, they're not going to see every single thing perfectly. Like if they're watching for whether the ball's been dropped and that sort of thing and they're not seeing that this person swung around and hit the hit them in, in the legs, like you're not going to see it all the time. And in that split second, you, you don't really know how um, severe it was unless the person gets up limping or can't get up or whatever. And then so if nothing happens, then it's play on like as if because they didn't really see it they might not have or then the bunker comes up and then everyone's complaining that um the game's being slowed down by the bunker like it's a it's a hard one because the refs can't see everything and then the bunker's watching it at like really slow so they can nitpick every little thing and where do we draw the line I'd really love to know what the referees are being briefed about in regards to this and I'd love to see the NRLB clearer with fans around that haven't seen too much consistency to be honest around what hip drop is and around um how it's been penalized so i like that they are penalizing it i think they're penalizing it more and that's why we're talking about it is because they are um, it's risen to our attention now i guess do they need to be harsher about their penalties for removing it from the game to the players the club where does the extent of the penalty go I think first and foremost, they need to be better educated. Or everyone, all of us, us, the refs, the bunker, the players mostly on what exactly is happening and why it's happening and how to avoid it. Don't want to eliminate it, modify it. Like I said, try, I guess, like you said, educate them, teach them, teach them how to get tackled in that position, how to get out of it. And maybe, yeah, if it can't be eliminated, modify it. She failed to, you know, do any video analysis to see whether the women actually do it in their tactics, um, you know, when they're on field or whether it's just something that the men's game um, just concentrated there. It'll be interesting to see with the women's game because my whole argument is that women, because they've been behind the eight ball and exposure to tackling over like a generational period, they haven't had the same amount of exposure as men in terms of like junior rugby league and stuff and learning those fundamentals from a very early age. And I've always had that argument is that until we see women in junior league and getting those young girls learning how to tackle and fall and get up out of a tackle, it, it'll be interesting to see the women's game and see if the hip drop is common because it's probably something they might scramble to do, having that long history of not having the fundamentals down pat, but hopefully that's eliminated the more we get women in the game. Yeah, I hope not, but I have a feeling that it will be quite common because they're not as used to other techniques and they're going to just try and do their best. I mean, the girls that are playing, like, they're great. Like, don't get me wrong by that, but not all of them have been playing as much as the men. And even, like, the season is only very short it'll be they just don't have as much time to practice their game is actually a lot tidier uh, you don't see any like grubby play it's it's a much nicer game to watch i think a lot of us hope doesn't sort of deter 
any parents um, from signing their kids up to play footy because that was one of the things we saw as a result of Alex incident was I think there was just a surge in parents signing their kids up to soccer and away from rugby league and away from rugby because of of fear of um, what that could mean for their children. I hope the game gets cleaned up and um, we don't see that happening for the game. And there you have it, everyone, our panel's discussion on the much-talked-about hip drop tackle. In conclusion, our panel discussed several options for how the game can be safer for players, consistency for officials, and improve the experience for spectators. Number one, the NRL must clearly define what a hip drop tackle is and make a clear ruling on consequences. Number two, consistency in decisions from match officials for a clearly defined hip drop tackle and dispensation of the penalties to players including the introduction of game officials to call held sooner for the completion of the tackle. Three, some consideration to clubs and players bringing in specialised coaches to work with players on self-preservation and body movement control to safely receive and exit a tackle. Number four, clubs and training to consider a modification of the tackle to protect all players, which cease its creep in the game. And number five, Deploy education and awareness sessions for club coaches, players and officiating staff, as well as helpful guides for fans and spectators. There you have it. It's now up to the NRL to be firm on their position and to roll out appropriate action. My many thanks to Gabby, Emma and Lachlan and their insight and discussion. Thanks for tuning in and we appreciate your support. You can check out our weekly NRL show with episodes out every Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes and give us a follow on Instagram at MojoSportsNRL or on Twitter. You can find details about our panellists for all our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au with all social media handles. Until next time, please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. Take care of yourselves and each other.